This morning's reading is Jesus' prayer for his disciples and for us who continue his mission to reveal the Father and the gift of the Holy Spirit, that we may be holy as he is holy. Our reading this morning is from John chapter 17, starting at verse 17, and can be found on the Pew Bibles, page 1085. So that's John 17, starting at verse 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning and thank you so much for inviting me to come today. It's a real joy and a pleasure to be here, especially to be here for Fleur's baptism. How lovely. And, uh, and also to see lots of uh, familiar faces. Um, I've just started. Have we got some pictures? We should be having some pictures, let's see. Just thinking about that passage that we've just heard, really, because it really is all about mission. Um, the whole of John chapter 17 is actually about Jesus, Jesus' prayer for his disciples and for future believers. And he knows, Jesus knows, that he's going to be leaving his disciples behind very soon. And he starts to pray for those disciples. But it's more than that because he's also praying for us. He's praying for the people who will follow because of what the disciples do. It's a very forward-looking prayer. It's thinking about what is going to come in, in the future. And that's what's really exciting, really, because it's a real prayer of hopefulness. And it's a real prayer for those who are going to follow. So he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. Last spring, summer, I had the privilege of attending Debbie's consecration at St. Paul's. It was a really amazing, amazing day. And we were very lucky. We had the kind of front row seats. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but we arrived and all the seats had been taken and this lovely steward said, just sit here. So I said, thank you very much. Fabulous. And we were just really could, could actually see everything that was going on. And I had a moment when, as Debbie and the other new bishops that were being consecrated were surrounded by this group of people, bishops from all over the world. It was the most amazing thing. And you know, I thought, our country is in a terrible state. Nobody knows what to believe. Nobody knows who to trust. But here we are, on this day, these people are praying for our lovely Debbie. She's just an ordinary person. But she's an ordinary person who's been sent for an extraordinary job. And you know, and I thought, but that's what God asks of all of us. We are ordinary people, but we are sent for extraordinary jobs. 
We are sent to do amazing things. And I'm sure that at times Debbie feels that the job is too much for her. At times I feel that my job is too much. At times you might feel that everything you do is too much. But I think back to that time when I sat in St Paul's and I had this real sense of hope that actually these are ordinary people all over our country and ordinary people from all over the world, but they have influence. They have power because they have the power of God within them. And that's what mission is about. That's what we can do. So there's a sense that Jesus prayed. Okay. <laughs> this is one of my favourite pictures from Wanish. It's quite an old one now. But I, have, I love that sense that Jesus knew his purpose. He completed that. He prepared his disciples to follow in his footsteps, to go on their own adventure. And I love this picture because when we first started forest schools, I took the children into the forest and I said to them, I got towards the gate and they went, Mrs. Froenard, we're not allowed in here. And I said, oh, well, I'm in charge now. And I say we can. And we went on an adventure. Staff had never been in the forest before, but that day we went on an adventure. And that is really what learning should be all about. It should be that children are experiencing an adventure. Um, in the previous part of the prayer, there's an acknowledgement that that Jesus has done all that he was sent to do, but it's not over. He knows he's going to leave behind his disciples, he's going to die, but it's not the end. He knows that his mission isn't over because others will follow in his footsteps. And in those verses, 13 onwards, you can feel that Jesus is actually wrestling with his thoughts, just as we often find ourselves doing, as I'm finding myself doing at the moment. He knows that he's going to be leaving his friends, but he also knows them really well. He knows that things aren't going to be easy for them. He knows they're going to have battles. He knows there's going to be mountains to climb along the way. But it's not negative. There are really positive words in that. Jesus said, I've told them many things while I was still with them, so that they would be filled with joy. I have given them your commands, so they know what they should be doing. So he also says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe. There's always going to be conflict in our world. And we know that after Jesus died, his disciples had many, many moments of doubt and challenge. And some literally followed in his footsteps and were martyred for their beliefs. Jesus prays, make them pure and holy through teaching them your words of truth. Do we feel pure and holy? I doubt it. I doubt we'll ever be perfect. But we can try to be faithful and try to follow in his footsteps. So that's his prayer for us. He prays for joy in our living, following him, safety from conflict, and inner peace, a purpose, a sense of mission. And that's why this today, is re- today is really important in your church, because we have a mission to go beyond, beyond our own selves, beyond our own community, and into the wider world. He's still there, and he's going to help us. Change? Um, this tree wordle was um, made last year, and, and actually it was made because we had some funding from your church, which was really lovely, because we don't have much extra spare money in our schools, but we had, a, we had an assembly where all the children sat together, and they all thought about words to describe what our school is like. And 
in Jesus' prayer, he says, my prayer for all of them is that they will be of one heart and mind, just as you and I are, Father. And in this word, you can see the prominent words that came out. We had to have a tree because our school is all about trees and growing and we've got a bit of a theme going on there. But you can see it's got adventure, Christian, friendly, special, respect, caring. Lots of the words that we would think of that actually as Christians we would want our children to be. So it's a very special thing. And if you want to come and see it at school, just come and visit because it's in the entrance. Now I arrived at Wanish and Shamley Green School at around the same time as Reverend Debbie And over the years, we often compared our roles. And I know that for her, and as for this congregation now, she felt that the school was part of your mission mission field, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, And we want that partnership to really flourish. I'm now in my 10th year. When I joined the school, it was tiny. It was neglected. Some of you will see yourselves up there. Um, And perhaps... I would say perhaps a little sheltered from the outside world. And all the walls were bright yellow. And honestly, the toilets weren't fit for purpose. I've done a lot of travelling around the world, and when I went into those toilets, I went, oh, these are worse than Africa. So, it was somewhat shabby. And some of you will remember that time. And I also arrived for a building project, the hall. It was about that tall at the time. And I thought, what on earth have I talked myself into? because I know nothing about projects like this. I'm just a teacher, really. This is all I am. Where's the teaching and learning? But I think God had taken me to that place. I was really sure that God had brought me to that place when I had the opportunity to apply for the job. There was no doubt about it. I knew I should do it. Well, the first winter, it snowed a lot. And it seemed to me to symbolise a little bit about what the church was like. I remember being in here on that first Christmas that I was at school. We had our lovely service and I was stopped here going and I could see the snow pouring out of the sky. And we knew what the forecast was. And at that moment I said to the congregation, everybody, go home and don't come back to school tomorrow. I was probably the most popular head teacher of the day. But it, there was a sense that um, the school was in a time, a period of winter, it had been kind of neglected. It was cold. It was... But at that school, there was a group of people, a group of teachers and support staff who felt passionately about the school and about the children. And I'd come from a school where my kind of sense of purpose had vanished under a new head who had changed everything. And as I came, it was like a haven. And I think that what has happened is that our, our, the, ch- the, the school now has changed. And over the past few years, we've kind of entered into a period of summer of fruitfulness, of kind of really exciting things happen and God working. And I know that's because of the impact of church, the people's prayers and people's support to us. And I really want to thank you. Thank you for all the support that you've given us. And we talk a lot to the children about adventurous learning. There's lots of things we, talk, um, we, we do, and that's, that's really about helping them to be prepared to make mistakes, to take risks. Um, but teachers, teachers don't just teach. They're role models for the children. They inspire them. They take children on an adventure that can change their lives, and that is our mission as a school, to do that. Um, if we stop caring about the other aspects of the children and just focus on academics, it would be a horrible place. 
but we don't. We actually care for the whole child. And that's, been, that's our purpose. So as a Christian school, we also have the mission to share the calling to share the good news of the gospel with the children so that they can know God calls us to a life of joyfulness, of compassion and kindness to others, of a life in all its fullness, with vision and with purpose. And that's what we aim to do. Because it's not, you know, I think, I think it's just we also aim to do the academics. Of course we do. That's really important. That's in our vision as well. When I arrived at, uh, at WSG, I looked around and to find the children who were in trouble and needed support. Do you know there weren't many? There were some, but not many. I'd come from a school where there were lots. Now, I could say, was that because the people there cared? It could be. But I think what's happened is as we have grown, and grown from an infant to a junior school, um, God has entrusted us with a whole range of children for whom their lives are not easy. Absolutely not easy. And what he did was he's, we've gradually began to, um, to... He's enabled us to develop our expertise so that those children, all children, can achieve in the same way. And I think that for us, last summer was a real highlight. We knew that Siams would be coming in. We knew that it would be inspected. We had a hideous offset inspection two years before, which, if I honestly hand on heart, wasn't, I don't believe was fair. But apart from that, you know, let's wash them to one side because they're not what's, what matters. What matters to us is actually... What is going on in our school? Do read the the science report because we're really proud of it. Actually proud of the children who spoke to the inspector during the inspection. Um, Our vision and values have developed over the the last few years and they're really embedded in in the life of our school. And I think since we've done this, we've, we've really seen a flourishing of spiritual growth. And I think God is moving in our school. And I think that the support that you as a congregation and Shamley Green have offered us is... Has, has enabled that to happen. And I'd also mention the, the people who come in to support in school, people who sit on our governing body, the open, open the Book team, who the children absolutely love, who come in each week. They've all had an Im- impact. But something special is happening right now. So I'm just going to tell you two stories, actually, about some different groups, if that's right. I hope I'm not taking up too much time, but I think these are kind of quite important, really. So last year, year five, we decided, they booked to go to Ironbridge in March, which wasn't my choice, because it's not quite so warm, but we had the most beautiful week. The sun was shining, it was gorgeous. And the group of children that we'd taken were not the easiest cohort of children. Some of them had real challenges, and for a few of them, to actually be away from home for four days was a big thing. One afternoon, I was sat on the terrace. It's a very beautiful terrace, sat up there watching over the field. And all the children on the field were playing, and they were playing football and all sorts of things, just messing about. And all of a sudden, I could see two girls in the middle, and they had the most, I don't know what it was about, huge argument went off. And you sat and watched them and thought, oh, no, what am I going to do? They both went to opposite ends of this long wall and sat, looking totally miserable. I thought, no, do I need to go and do this or this? Oh, no. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to leave them to calm down. It'll be fine. And then I watched, and two boys came. And these two boys stood on the grass in the middle between the two girls, and I could see them chatting. They were looking at the girls. And I could tell that they were wondering what to do about it. And what they did was one boy went to one side, and one boy went to the other side. And the most unlikely candidates, I would say. And they both sat, arms around the girls, chatting for a few minutes 
And then all of a sudden they all got up and they all came into the middle again. And it was like a miraculous moment. And I thought, those boys have just done the most perfect bit of mediation I've ever seen in my life. Brilliant. That was one thing, problem sorted. On the last evening, we sat around in a circle in the lounge. It's a very old manor. It's very, very beautiful. Um, And then we began to sing a few songs. And we spoke about our favourite moments. And as we started to talk, they said, Mrs. Trunar, can we sing that Viva La Vida song? Because they'd sung it at the O2. And I said, yeah, why? Great. They know I love Coldplay, so that was fine. So we sang this, they sang this song. It was brilliant. Lovely, lovely singing. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And then one of them said, Mrs. Trunar, what does Viva La Vida mean? And I thought, you know what? This is my God-given moment here. So I said, well, it means live life to the full. Embrace all that comes your way. You know, just take it on. And sometimes it's not going to be easy, because you know in that, in that song it says, missionaries on a foreign field. Well, if you're a missionary, you're going to go and you're going to do really hard things. It's going to be really tough, but God's going to be with you. Embrace life. Live it to the full. Take opportunities when they come to you. Just live life. And then they said, one of the children, different child, said, shall we pray? Shall we thank God for this week? I said, great. And we went round and 30 children and adults all said a prayer. They they said, thank you for my friends. Thank you that I've really got to know people. Thank you that we've got on well together. Thank you for this beautiful countryside we're in. Thank you for all the things we're learning. Thank you for, oh, lovely teachers. And so it went on. And then we stopped. And I just went, okay. And so to bed. And all 30 of them went up absolutely quiet. (laughs) It was nine o'clock. Within half an hour they were asleep. And we hadn't even had to go and say, it's time to go to bed. Come on, come on. There was a sense of complete peace. And as a staff, we sat there going, what just happened? Wow. That's what happened. Wow, God was with us. God's spirit was working in that group. Now, back then we come to the summer... Year six, Rockley. This is why children go on residentials, you know. It's not to learn to sail, clearly. But a challenging week at Rockley. Um, For lots of children, their first time on the water, completely out of their comfort zone. We do it to give them a chance of taking risks and experiencing in a very, very safe environment. Pool Harbour is the safest place to to sail, but people can have accidents. It's not without it. So we'd had a great week, lovely canoeing and kayaking and all the raft building and all of that. And then comes Thursday. And as some of you who are here know, Thursday is sail-away day. Remember Lucy? Sail-away day. Lovely. So we've all learnt a bit of sailing, so we should be able to do this. And we kind of calculate the children that perhaps are not going to be quite so keen. But anyway, so they get into the boats, and the idea is you go off in a little a line, and off you go and sail. However, we got started by... First of all, I, I fell in the water. That was fine. That was a good laugh. Um, and then... The weather started to come, and it wasn't just a bit of rain. It was, like, windy. And we're going along in our nice, neat line, and the first boat capsizes. Now, the thing that happens when that happens is that all the others who are quite happily sailing along, they see the boats capsized over there, and they go, ooh, and before they know it, the steering has gone right out, and the next one's capsized. And so, so it went on. So after a few of these kind of things, and then the lifeboat comes out, gets them back up, and off they go again. 
And then it got to the stage where so many boats were capsizing that it was just kind of ridiculous. We had children. Oh, this is very bad. I can't go anymore. It was kind of like this. We said, okay, enough. We'll go. We'll have our lunch. And then we'll see what the weather's like this afternoon. Unfortunately, the weather didn't improve, so they all went back on safety boats. Apart from me, you've got a lovely sail. So it had been quite a hairy day. You know, it's quite hard if you keep capsizing, honestly. And so we got to the evening... And that evening, again, we gathered round. Mr. Wazelka asked the children to reflect on their week, reflect on their time in year six, reflect on their life at Wanish and Shamley Green School. And it was quite emotional, because they were quite a very, very close-knit group. And I've never seen, really, quite such raw emotion, mixed emotion in one place. So they were laughing, and they were crying, and they were completely blubbing, and as they just talked about their life at Wanish and Shamley Green. And then Mr. Wazelka played to us the Leave Us, Leave Us song, which made even the teachers cry. And um, then he said, I'm going to pray, we'll pray. And just as we prayed at Ironbridge, children started to pray. And the one prayer that really, really struck me was a child who prayed, who joined our school in year three. In year three, he would not go into assembly. He did not understand this religious stuff. Forget it. Um, he um, had special needs. And he prayed... And I, oh, I will remember his prayer. Thank you, for God, for a wonderful week. It's been great with my friends. I know we will all miss each other. We miss our family. I've missed my family this week, but I'm going to see them tomorrow. But we will all keep in touch when we go to our secondary schools. Thank you that no one drowned today. <laughs> Amen. And another little moment was in, in the spring when year four went to the Albert Hall to sing at Prom Praise, the story of Moses, Let My People Go. And this, I felt, was a really moving moment because it was an outreach to parents too. So what parent doesn't want to come and watch their children sing at the Albert Hall? It was a fabulous, fabulous night. The children loved singing. It was amazing. Um, And I think parents have commented to me that although they don't go to church as a family, that their children at home do pray and the children do have a faith. I think that's significant. And that's our mission, to prepare to share God's love, for children to know they're cared for, to inspire them to be the best they can be, and to move on to secondary school with that knowledge inside them. And I know that the work's not finished. Um, I'm just going to show you a couple of examples of some things we've done over the last year. Um, We've done this amazing mosaic to celebrate God's wonderful world, and it's just a lovely community project supported by our lovely PTA who raised lots of money for us. It's really, really beautiful. It's made our hall look something quite special. And then the other thing that we've created this year is a peace garden, um, which um, is actually being used quite quickly. We're quite surprised, but children are using it to go as a place to pray, to reflect, to be quiet. And um, a few parents have said, can we use it too? I think that's really lovely. Um, I'm going to just quickly just move on on this next one. But we've just changed our, our way of doing our school development plan. And this year, for the first year, we're using the Church of England's Vision for Education. And I've just been amazed at how it gives us a framework which is much more holistic and looks at the children as a whole. So you've got these areas. You've got knowledge. I'm going to have to go over here. Knowledge and skills. That's all the stuff we always do. That's all the subjects we always do. Then educating for hope and aspiration. That's really important that children know they've got something to aspire to, something to hope for. 
educating for community and living well together as a church school, that's really, really important. And we want to be involved much more in our, in our local parishes and in the local communities. And then educating for dignity and respect, including things like equality. Really, really important. So it's given us a wider framework to do our planning from, and that's what we're going to be focusing on. I just want to also mention that within all of that, we've done a lot of work on mental and emotional health and the well-being of children. We actually have um, a, an ELSA emotional literacy support assistant and a counsellor in school, and their work is really significant and really important to us. And um, we are often now asked to take on children that have been, what can I say, um, have need, need to move on to another school because their other schools haven't worked for them. And I would say we're having really, really, really good success most of the time with that. So then there's just one other thing I wanted to talk to you, which links in to your own mission partners, Viva Crane. And as you know, I went out with uh, Jackie Roberts and Sue Corrie Wright in summer 2018 to do some teacher training out there. It was a brilliant, brilliant fortnight. And what's just happening now is that we're just starting a project. We're linking with a couple of other local schools, Tillingbourne, Ewhurst and Peaslake, to do a Connecting Classrooms project with the British Council, which actually, the, the application is going in on Monday. And I'd, I'd actually quite like to ask for your prayers that we get the funding for that, because this will be a way that we can bring some of the Ugandan teachers over to the UK um, to pay for their airfares, pay for their visas, sort all that out, so that they can come and, and learn from us here, and that equally some of our teachers can go out there. So it's a really exciting project, um, and we're really pleased that... We're doing that with one of our other mission partners. That's really, that's really, really important, so please help us with that. So my last thing is I kind of like to think of mission as a bit like growing trees. There are lots of things going on in this world, aren't there? Lots of trees growing, lots of things happening, branches opening up. And I think that really um, mission is like a, a forest starting to grow, a living organ, a life-giving organ. Trees grow oxygen, that's what we need. We need God's oxygen to work. And Jesus said, in I in them, in you in me, so that the world will know you sent me and will understand you love them as much as you love me. So I'd like to thank you this morning for all your support that you've given us over the years. And, you know, there is always more to be done, so we would value your ongoing prayers and support as we move into the future. Thank you very much.